Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. I'm Richard Lanford. I'm the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. And this week's uh, service includes Totenfest, which is the German evangelical and Reformed background tradition, which is St. Peter's tradition within the UCC. Totenfest is like our All Saints Day. And so during the sermon, I will mention the names and a little bit about each of the people for whom we are lighting candles um, during our service. And I just wanted to let you know that the sermon title is called This Week's Three T Words. This Week's Three T Words. And Jen Schneider, our church president, is our lector. And the readings are from Daniel 7, the book of Revelation, and John chapter 18. May this be a blessing to you as you enter Thanksgiving week and to the times in which we live. Please join me in the spirit of prayer. Merciful God, we give you thanks for your word and for the opportunity to come together through technology to hear it and perhaps to share it. Bless the time of our listening and hearing. Move in our spirits, speak to us, that we may speak to others. In your name, amen. Let's go. As I said, our first lesson comes from Daniel. It is chapter 7, verses 7 through 9, and 13 and 14. When you hear me say, ancient one, it has also been rendered as the ancient days a more familiar phrase to us. Also in verse 13, I'll read, I saw one like a human being, which is used, which used to be translated to a more familiar, one like the son of man. Some of this imagery you'll hear is found later in the New Testament as well. <clears throat> as I watched, thrones were set in place and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and the wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from his presence. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood attending him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven. As he came to the Ancient One and was presented before him, to him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all the peoples, nations, and languages would serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. This ends the reading from the prophet. Our second reading is from the book of Revelation to John, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Excuse me. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of earth. 
to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This ends the reading from Revelation. <clears throat> Today's Gospel from the lectionary is John 18, verses 33 through 38. We have heard words of the king. Here we have the words of Jesus when Pilate charges him with being a king. Then Pilate, uh, then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you to ask me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into this world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. Here ends the reading of the Gospel and our scriptures for today's service of worship on the last Sunday before Advent. Thanks be to God for this, the word of God, the word of the God of life, for the life of the people of God. It's Thanksgiving Sunday, and it's Totenfest. And as the day after Transgendered Remembrance Day, technically yesterday, we remembered those transgendered persons who were killed last year, particularly in Chicagoland, who were killed because of hostility to their gender identity. So with an eye towards Thursday's festival, and I just wrote down while I was writing, you know, what's going on? Well, there's optimism over the Chicago Bulls season. We are wondering about COVID's next steps and responses to it. Inflation is raising the cost of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner as well as the cost of travel. The trial just completed in Kenosha and the one still undecided in Georgia are now near some of our consciousness. And there's growing frustration in many parts over what future our national divisions might be. Some of us, too, are intent on finding some spiritually uplifting aspects of Thanksgiving Day 2021. Some of us are very aware here today as Totenfest in our tradition, and that Dorothy's memorial service was just yesterday. So, why don't we start with Totenfest, since it's here today? 
As Jen Schneider has invited us in the previous weeks, uh, we had the opportunity to write down something or someone for which or whom we were thankful. And it went on the signboard, which now has the names of our Totenfest folks. Well, I'm grateful for vaccines and for everyone who is still here so far during the pandemic. You know, we've all made it this far. I'm grateful for this congregation and for the call to preach and teach, obviously for my wife, and though they are absent and I'm not grateful for that, I am grateful for these absent friends who have been friends. Sometimes being thankful is not easy. When you or I are feeling down or something terrible has happened, holding on to gratitude could be struggling within, like dog paddling in our spirits. So it is not for nothing that counselors advise that when we feel overwhelmed, negative, seeing not even the glass half empty but almost totally empty, to make a gratitude list. Write down what we're thankful for. And if there's one thing Bob Allison taught me as he neared death from lung cancer, it's to be grateful for the ability to breathe. It's as basic as that and can go from there. And if breathing is hard, we're grateful for the, the ability that which remains. And there are other basic needs which I pray are also being met. On Totenfest, we express thankfulness for those in the faith who have breathed their last. Sweet June Peterson died shortly after Totenfest last year after a long stretch of weakness and discomfort took their final toll. She was well-loved for her humor, her family, her generosity, and her thoughtfulness of others. She was a fixture at Women's Guild meetings until she could not get here anymore, and even when she could not drive herself, family members who were able stepped forward and stepped on the gas and got her here when she could at least take a, get a ride here. She was devoted to Roy and Dana and Jeff until one by one they left her. But she had grandkids to bring her satisfaction, love, and support. Richard Lindroth was not known to most of us because after growing up at St. Peter's, his life did not bring him back much. But his kid brother, Phil, became, and his mother, Laverne Lindroth, were, was, so it's, was, were, are, significant members of St. Peter's over the years. Without a strong church connection of his own, I made some home communion visits with Richard after his first massive stroke and after a second stroke, and that was at the Abington. We used to talk some cubs, and he knew about Phil and Nancy's softball games, and when he took communion, it was a visibly emotional experience. Eleanor Bailey was the last aunt to Barb and Sue Bailey, being the surviving sister, the final surviving sister, to Chuck Bailey. A lifelong churchgoer in the Lutheran Church, her funeral was officiated by yours truly, as requested. Now, someone who spent a lot of her life serving and belonging to her church should be acknowledged on Totenfest, as gratitude for her life is also lifted up. 
Kenny Burmeister also did not stick around a lot after confirmation, but he was friendly to this church where we had de- when we had dealings concerning his parents or his wedding. I officiated at Ken and Lisa's wedding. Uh, Ken is the one who told me that his, the, when Ralph was having a procedure, so we we're in the surgical waiting room, and he, he told me that his dad, in retirement or not, because he was in and out for a while, was always looking for something to do. And that something usually was at St. Peter's. He didn't like to have nothing to do. In addition, Carol and Ralph would share with me what was going on with their son, good or bad, and often it had been more worrisome. But then of late, it was consistently good, really good. He was a great help to his parents as they transitioned from their house in Glenview to assisted living in Niles. But it appears that Carol's stroke was too much for what was fragile within Ken. And Dorothy Taylor died last month as her century-old body and mind broke down and stopped. A remarkable woman who was in the pantheon of St. Peter's pastor's wives, a working widow who raised three kids and went to night school upgrading her nursing certification. So working, going to school, raising three kids. She spent a long time as the school nurse in three Skokie schools and later worked at the uh, office of Drs. DeGilio and Mattis. Dorothy was patient and kind, a good listener who chose her words carefully, a dog lover, someone who loved to travel, loved her family and her church with a smile so often on her face and always, as her daughter Beth said, always looking for the light in people. We missed her when she moved to Elgin. I know Barb and Jim missed her driveway, too. And we miss her more now. We are thankful for them, for the forgiveness of sins which God affords through our faith receiving God's grace, leading the way towards the rest of our lives in eternity, the everlasting community of grace and peace and God. The first of this week's three T's is thankfulness. Thankfulness does tie to Totenfest, which is our, one of our other T's. They unite in affirming the basics of our faith, that Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost. The second T, then, is Totenfest. As Jen read from the Revelation, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom priests serving his God and Father. And as St. Paul put it in 1 Thessalonians 4, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, basics of the faith, Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We are thankful for those who have gone before us. And we are thankful for the salvation which awaits us beyond human sight, but which lasts throughout time. And not just our handful of decades, or maybe more than that, on earth.
Thankfulness and Totenfest are two of the three T's this August Autumn Sunday. In talking about everlasting realms, we have a reading that explicitly invokes that, and in our current context of our fears and hardships and confusion and worries, can encourage our faith in holding to ultimate truth. In other words, believing there is a realm above, beyond, and eternal, beyond all these in which we live, believing that ushers us to remember that we hold to a truth we can cling to, a truth from the maker and savior of the ends of the earth. Now back in the days of Daniel, Esther, and others, there were many writings about the end of days. Lots of them pointed to a realm that is heavenly and unperishing. So we hear Daniel tell of his vision. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one, the ancient of days, took his throne. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood attending him. As I watched in the night vision, I saw one like a son of man, a human being, coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient One and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away. Long before the cross and the empty tomb, there was belief in such kingdoms, in such belief systems about the end times, or in Hebrew thought, the day of the Lord. There were aspects that endured over time as other aspects changed over time. But this general idea of a realm beyond this one, run by a chosen one, endured. Now those folks had similar apprehensions about what would happen to their people, about who would rule them next. Would they become liberated, powerful, as the prophet seemed to say? Well, that was the case in Jesus' era as well, with the on-again, off-again battles between the Romans and independence-minded Jewish communities. Now, I'm not saying we are just like them, but I think they hoped for an outcome they could be thankful for and that, and one that was just and true, I think we have that hope in common. And along came Jesus in deep enough doo-doo that his own religious leaders had found him guilty of blasphemy and needed the real law of the land, Pontius Pilate, to give Jesus the death sentence they had no right to carry out. This conversation in the gospel Fascinating in many ways. And in the verses that stretch beyond the verses we heard today, they bring up kingdom and truth. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus does not answer straight up. Then Pilate said, Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. My kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. 
For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? In one verse, Jesus refers to my kingdom three times. The Greek here gives it an emphatic sense of this being my particular kingdom, as Jesus said it and as John wrote it. The Greek words around the Greek word for kingdom, basileus or basileia, are the mine. Jesus may be drawing attention to the Jesus-centered uniqueness of his kingdom. His realm is like no others. Frederick Buechner, excuse me, Frederick Bruner, wrote, other kingdoms are rooted in this world and come from down here, not Jesus' kingdom. The uniqueness of Jesus' reign is intentionally highlighted in this praetorium exchange. This is something followers of Jesus, then and now, should pay attention to because this is the road we are called to travel, the realm towards which and in which we trod and which shapes our hopes. It is uniquely his, this realm of Jesus. It's going to be about truth, our third T of the week. Because all who belong to the truth, he said, will hear his voice. He was born to testify to it. What is this truth? Is it Jesus' own self? As he said earlier in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Or is the sincere search for this truth somehow ongoing? Can it be both? And evidently, all earthly realms or governments and rulers are from down here and are not of the truth like Christ is. Again, our friend Bruner, that Jesus believes, as he now says, that my voice is the vehicle of world truth, that Jesus believes that, that's wonderfully centering for believers who have made Jesus Lord. Truth-seeking disciples will listen to this singular voice as avidly as children listen to stories. While Bruner admits that it is very hard to impossible to know how Pilate meant his question, what is truth? He quotes, Bruner quotes another helpfully, who wrote, the disciples of Jesus will not cease asking Pilate's question, what is truth? And we'll come to Jesus with this question longingly again and again, since the truth for since the search for truth is ongoing and is quickened or made alive by Jesus the truth in person. Disciples will come to the voice where they know they will find the most beautiful answers to their deepest questions. End quote. The most beautiful answers to their deepest questions. The rule of God, as Jesus proclaimed it, is the liberating and saving rule of love, which cannot establish itself by forcible means. 
The rule of God is not bound to this fallen world, but is bound to those who follow the great lover of our souls, who told us what the Lord requires of us. The everlasting rule of God into which we journey is a realm of love, of grace and truth, and the truth can hurt sometimes. Sometimes we don't necessarily like what Jesus said. Or what a friend says, it's like, but oh yeah, you're telling me the truth. It is a realm of grace that does not end. It is real. And for those who hear the voice, to take it to heart, and to tell others to take heart in it. The ultimate truth. We hear his voice. And that is good news. Blessed Thanksgiving to all of you. And keep listening for Christ's truth. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. There is a lot going on in the world today. And guess I guess that's always the case. Um, but hopefully today's message will give us some perspective. And... I'm grateful for you having tuned in. Next week will be Sunday, November 28th, the first Sunday of Advent. And we'll be returning to the lectionary for sure. And um, I hope you'll tune in then or as soon after that as you can. God bless your week. And God bless you and your loved ones. May you have a blessed Thanksgiving celebration. Amen.